Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com forward slash The Rob Burgess Show. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Welcome to the Rob Burgess Show. I am, of course, your host, Rob Burgess. On this, our 31st episode, our returning guest is Jonathan Fowler. But before we get to that, I need to take a moment to tell you about our sponsor. For you, the listeners of the Rob Burgess Show podcast, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. Whatever book you pick, you can exchange it at any time, you can cancel at any time, and the books are yours to keep. To download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com forward slash The Rob Burgess Show. Again, that's audibletrial.com forward slash The Rob Burgess Show for your free audiobook. Please consider supporting those who support the show like Audible. You'll be helping me out, and it won't cost you a thing. Another totally free way you can help the show is to comment, follow, like, subscribe, share, rate, and review everywhere the podcast is available, whether it's iTunes, YouTube, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play Music, Facebook, Twitter, TuneIn, or RSS. You can find links to everything on the website www.therobburgessshow.com. You can also find out more about me by visiting my website www.thisburgess.com. Back to today's show. You first heard Jonathan Fowler on episodes 2, 10, 20, 21, 29, 30, and 31 of the podcast. Jonathan graduated with a BA in history from Indiana University in 2006. He's an unabashed left-wing political junkie. He has lived and worked in South Korea for over nine years, trying to help the citizens of that great nation hopefully talk pretty one day. And now on to the show. Hello. Hey, what's up? Hey, how's it going, Bob? Good, good. How are you? Oh, doing okay. Yeah, so, the debate, the vice presidential debate. <laughs> yeah. Woo! <laughs> yeah, that was... Uh, I watched it on Tuesday over here, I think it was. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so, what... So, um... Yeah, what'd you, what'd you think? Uh... Not great. <laughs> no, not at all. Not great for much of anybody. No. Well, it was great yeah. for somebody, but we'll get to that. <laughs> but, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So there's uh, only uh, there's only one vice presidential debate. Um, do you think that's warranted? Do you, you, did you see what you needed to see from these two? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <clears throat> um, uh, Tim Kaine. I wasn't very much aware of him before he was announced for vice president, and he didn't do a whole lot to distinguish himself here, I don't think. So, no. Yeah. So, yeah, anyways, the vice presidential debate on uh, 
October 4th, 2016, Governor Mike Pence versus Senator Tim Kaine um, in Farmville, Virginia. And uh, Farmville, I mean, doesn't that sound like a like a like a browser-based in-app game or something for Facebook? <laughs> I'm pretty sure Farmville is a Facebook game. Yes, you're right. I feel like I get game requests for that every now and again. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I did notice at the beginning when they were coming to their tables that Mike Pence had one glass of water and uh, Tim Kaine had two glasses of water, so make of that what you will. (laughs) Yeah. I also thought it was interesting that they had the sit-down style as opposed to the podiums. What do you think of that? Yeah, I... It was, uh... I don't know. It definitely allowed them to be in each other's business very much, you know. Mm-hmm. It was really, there were a lot of points throughout this thing where it was just really hard to hear what the other guy was saying or what either guy was saying. They were just mumbling over each other the whole time or, you know, it was just not very well done. I, I think some people say that Tim Kaine seems like he was overprepared. And, yeah, and Mike, Mike Pence was just very dismissive of, uh, you know, um, dismissive when he didn't really have any reason to be dismissive. You know, he was obviously lying about a lot of stuff and, you know, didn't get called, of course, in the debate format where everybody says they're not going to call out anybody's lies. Um, That's beneficial for him to lie in the short term. I'm not sure how that's going to be in the long term because it seems like I think Huffington Post and probably the Hillary Clinton campaign or some of her super PACs or whatever have already mashed up some uh, attack ads out of out of this debate. So, right. I guess in that respect, I think maybe Tim Tim Kaine did his job in that he he got a, he got Pence to say enough stupid stuff that he was able to get together a uh, get together some attack ads out of it. Donald Trump and Mike Pence have said he's a great leader. And Donald Trump has... No, biz- we have has- Do you like Vladimir Putin's comments about you? Sure. I've already said he is really very much of a leader. Governor Pence said, inarguably, Vladimir Putin is a better leader than President Trump. That is absolutely in our, a, a, inaccurate. A, 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 I think it's inarguable uh, that Vladimir Putin has been a stronger leader in his country than Barack Obama has been in this country. Donald Trump and I would never support legislation that punished women who made the heartbreaking choice to end a pregnancy. Do you believe in punishment for abortion, yes or no, as a principle? Uh, The answer is that there has to be some form of punishment. For the woman? Yeah. All right, He's gentlemen, going to release I need to ask you about the audit Social Security. I don't mind releasing. I'm under a routine audit. The community policing is a great idea. Mm-hmm. I would do stop and frisk. I think you have to. Ours is an insult-driven campaign. Crooked Hillary. Crazy Bernie. He's a war hero because he was captured. I don't know what I said. Blood coming out of her, wherever. If Hillary Clinton were a man... I don't think she'd get 5% of the vote. Donald Trump has said it. Deportation force. Cannot believe. You're going to have a deportation force. He's got kind of a personal Mount Rushmore. (sighs) Vladimir Putin, Kim Jong-un, Muammar Gaddafi, and Saddam Hussein. Do you stick by the idea that the Middle East would be more stable today with Saddam Hussein and and Gaddafi in power? 100%. You look at North Korea, and you got to give him credit. More nations should get nuclear weapons. Don't put try to defend that. Well, he never said that. Maybe they would, in fact, be better off if they defend themselves from North Korea. Maybe With we nukes. would be better off. 
including with nukes, yes. Donald Trump, on the other hand, didn't know that Russia had invaded the Crimea. Oh, that's nonsense. He, he, he's not going into Ukraine, okay? Just so you understand. He's not going to go into Ukraine. You want to use a big tar brush against Mexico? He also said, that? and many of them are good people. You keep leaving that out of your quote. They're bringing drugs. They're bringing crime. They're rapists. And some, I assume, are good people. Yeah. Um, yeah. If people want to go back and listen to our, our previous uh, podcast, the one where I uh, played the George Stephanopoulos interview with Mike Pence, uh, where for 12 or 13 minutes, he basically, uh, in the face of all other evidence, just refuses to answer straightforward questions and just uh, weasels out of everything. And, and I think that was kind of what you saw in, in this debate here is that, I, I mean, Tim Kaine came with general facts and he'd obviously done his homework, but I don't think he counted on just how uh, slippery uh, Mike Pence can be and, uh, you know, just how long he can lie for, you know, with with the straight face, I don't think he was prepared for that, and and I think that anybody that knows Mike Pence is, you know, he was a radio host, uh, you know, he was I think picked uh, partially by the well Trump's kids, let's be honest, but Trump uh, because uh, he uh, he has a certain even temperedness and he doesn't get excited like like that. So I mean, even when he's lying through his teeth and everyone knows he's lying through his teeth, he can just keep sailing sailing on because he's got that even key. You know what I mean? Yeah. <clears throat> now, speaking of the Trump kids, I just saw a bit ago, I saw Seth Mayer's Closer Look seg- segment where he talked about um, a little bit about the debate performance. And he brought up some videos that were very interesting and informative because they had uh, Eric Trump was being interviewed on Fox News. I don't know which one Eric Trump is. He's like, those guys are, you know, uh, Patrick Bateman number one and Patrick Bateman number two, basically. Exactly. They're all listening to Phil Collins and trying to get uh, reservations. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It's so hard to get into that uh, Fazio on a Tuesday night. Yeah. I don't know. I, I saw a mic across the room, or maybe it was Bob. I couldn't tell. I panicked and did some more coke in the bathroom and ran away. <laughs> then I beat up a homeless person. <laughs> yes. <laughs> my dad should be president. Yeah, exactly. And it's uh, funny because in my American Psycho, he does idolize Trump. In, in the book, anyway, he does. Yeah, yeah. This is uh, uh, people, I don't know. It's, you know, God bless those low-education voters. <laughs> Low-information yeah. voters, Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> well, anyway, so, same difference. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> Maybe not. Um, so, anyways, Eric Trump is being interviewed on Fox News, and um, they, he's saying why they chose Mike Pence. And he says, but his track record in his home state, in Illinois, or in um, in his home state, is exactly why we picked him and why my father picked him. And the Fox News reporter goes, I'm assuming you meant Indiana, not Illinois, correct? He's like, oh, yeah, I, I did mean Indiana. He doesn't even, you know, so for anybody who's, like, proud that our Hoosier, uh, Hoosier politician got chosen to go to the big leagues and go all the way to the vice presidential office, potentially, mm. the, the, the family of the people who chose this guy don't even know where the hell he's from. They don't even, Indiana is, it's flyover country. It's not even a blip on their radar. You mm-hmm. know? What can Mike Pence do for your campaign tonight, Eric? 
Well, listen, Mike is solid as a rock, and I've gotten to know him incredibly well, and his wife, and, and they're an amazing family, and he's an amazing guy. But his track record in his home state, in Illinois, or in um, his home state, is exactly why we picked him and why my father picked him. He's amazing. He dropped taxes every single year. He reduced unemployment um, every single year. He took care of vets. Uh, he did an amazing job. He funded the largest bill uh, that infused cash into the educational system. He did an amazing job there. He took care of the infrastructure system um, all throughout the state. I mean, he really did an amazing job, and that's exactly why my father picked him, and he's going to be amazing tonight. He's going to do a I'm great job. I'm assuming, I'm assuming you meant Indiana, not uh, I, did, I did mean Indiana. Correct? I'm sorry for the slip of the tongue. Okay. That's all right. It's just unbelievable. <clears throat> And I, and in the in the clip, and I don't want to reference the clip too much, but Seth Mayer's also brought to light another segment where Donald Trump got confused about Tim Kaine, which was <laughs> I, I don't want to blame Trump too much because it was pretty similar to my reaction. He said um, when Tim Kaine was announced, Donald Trump was giving a speech, and he said her running mate Tim Kaine, who by the way did a terrible job in New Jersey. The first act he did in New Jersey was to uh, <laughs> was to ask for a four billion dollar tax increase, and he was not very popular in New Jersey. And he still isn't. What? I mean, Virginia. <laughs> so he says New Jersey like three times, and he's like, oh, he's from New Jersey. Uh, <laughs> and he should know because because yeah. the, the fat guy with the bridge is from New Jersey. That's his guy that's, you know, Chris Christie. I mean, that's yeah. his guy. He knows who's from New Jersey. Unbelievable. Her running mate. Tim Kaine, who, by the way, did a terrible job in New Jersey. First act he did in New Jersey was ask for a $4 billion tax increase, and he was not very popular in New Jersey, and he still is. What? I mean, Virginia. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So, anyways, neither of these, clearly, neither of these vice presidential candidates had much of an impact on the people in the Trump campaign mm -hmm. as far as the Trump family itself. Right. They don't care or respect them enough to know where they even come from in either case. So mm -hmm. that's, uh, <clears throat> that says something. Well, I think the selection of both Pence and Kane, I, I think, really speaks to what they think the top of the ticket is lacking. And I think what they're really fighting over right now are white votes, which is interesting. Um, because I saw a thing uh, yesterday on 538, which is Nate Silver's uh, website, um, talking about how uh, Trump is actually uh, only ahead with with white people by 13% and no you know, Republican has ever won uh, the presidency with anything less than like double of that so I mean he's winning with like you know low like we were talking about low information voters you know the, the non-college educated white people but anyone who's had any college education or above is is not really going out for, for Trump the way they did for you know Romney or, or McCain or any of these other people so yeah. and I was I was thinking about that kind of thing earlier I was thinking like how Republicans always claim that there's a liberal media bias and stuff but maybe they're looking at it wrong. Maybe the fact is that to get into the media and to be a journalist, you have to actually graduate from college. <laughs> and so by definition, you're an educated person. You're an educated voter. <laughs> so, And generally, the trend is educated voters generally uh, tend towards Democrats. So yeah. <laughs> it just happens that this subset of the, set of the population has you know, consistently has some education, usually often a very good education. And, uh, right. You know, whatever. And, you know, then you've got the whole, 
Fox News, Breitbart, Alt-Right News, whatever, all that stuff together, too, which is obviously, you know, cut from a different cloth. Mm-hmm. So anyways, we had the, so we had Jim Kane, we had Mike Pence, and we had Elaine Kihanu, Kihanu, yeah. I guess, that's her name. I, I think, I think he said it right. I guess she's on, yeah, um, and what do we think about her performance? Dismal. Yeah, pretty bad. Bad. Neither of the candidates were highly um, respectful of when she was interrupting them, but at the same time, she... I don't know, you know, there were a lot of times where they were getting into something and she would like try to jump in and say, your two minutes are up, we're moving on to some other topic now, even though they're just, you know, they're just getting off the talking points and they're just starting to go at each other and that's when the real conversation is going to happen, but she's like trying to break it up. Mm-hmm. No, no follow-up, well, one or two follow-ups, I will give her that, she, get, she did one or two follow-ups when somebody dodged a question. But no fact-checking, no, no challenging none. of, you know... Just, you know, I don't know. I think, I don't know. It's, it's hopeless for these debate moderators and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, you know, I, I think Lester Holt at least at some points did kind of call Donald Trump on some of it. We talked about how that was problematic with the Iraq thing. But, you know, at least he tried yeah. to, to do something, you know. But, like, when, when with the thing with the, and I'm sure we'll get to this if, if we're going chronologically, but when Tim Kaine brought up the, uh, you know, Mexican rapist quote, I mean, we, we all know that quote. We all know that actually happened. Yeah. We all saw the announcement speech. We all saw Trump do this. And for her to just sit there like this is like, well, what are you going to do? You know, it's it's a debate. It's like, you know, get in there. Tell him he's wrong. Like, like Mike Pence just denied straight up all these things that Trump said that we know he said. And everyone knows he said. You don't even need Google for this stuff. You know, it's like, you know, we all heard him say these things, that women yeah. should be punished for having an abortion and that, you know, the Mexicans are raped. You know, we. we we all heard this, so it's like get in there, do something. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I was. I, I wrote some just some some notes I made is that Pence defended Trump throughout this whole thing as if he was def- defending a normal candidate who's never done anything outside the ordinary. <laughs> um, he defended Trump just pretty much largely by acting as if Trump didn't exist. Um, and let's see, he, he's like he's this mainstream evangelical Republican trying to defend a candidate. And a running mate whose very existence should be an affront to his personal values, um, both lived and stated. Um, it's uh, he's kind of like a mainstream Republican sacrifice on the altar of Trump. It was just like abysmal. Mm-hmm. Just his performance. I mean, he lied so much. Like we said, there may have been some short-term benefits in that he looked more composed and everything. He never looked like he got his feathers ruffled, but. You know, in the aftermath, I think it it continues to come out that he lied and lied and lied and lied. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, one thing I'd like to make a note of is that on uh, Mother Jones, I read an article today earlier on Facebook by a guy named Kevin Drum, I guess. His kind of his headliner or whatever is his tag for to plug the piece or what it was. Pretty much everyone watching the debate agreed that Mike Pence lied over and over again about simple stuff that's on tape and easily verified. And yet, pretty much everyone also agreed that he won the debate. Does anyone see the problem here? And I, I just got furious. <laughs> I wrote back uh, just a, a comment or whatever. I said, yeah, I actually do see the problem here. 
Tim Kaine was a shitty, centrist, evangelical deep pick, and either Bernie Sanders or Elizabeth Warren would still be picking bloody bits of pence out of their teeth at this point if Hillary had chosen one of them as her deep. That's the problem, Kevin Drum. Um, and I may have misstated that uh, Pence uh, uh, Kane is a uh, evangelical. I guess he's a Catholic or a Jesuit or something. Uh, he, he's done the missionary thing. He's done that whole bit. So, mm-hmm. and he and he and at the end of the debate, of course, he and Pence were you know giving each other so many accolades about their faith and talking about genuine respect that they had for each other. Ugh. Disgusting. <laughs> yeah, no, I was thinking about that. I was just imagining like Elizabeth Warren standing for Pence saying that, and, uh, or Bernie Sanders. I just think they would have torn him to bits. Like, yeah, he wouldn't wouldn't have survived that because, yeah, yeah. We all saw what 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 Elizabeth Warren did to that Wells Fargo CEO or whatever mm-hmm. in the Senate uh, chambers or whatever. Thank you, Mr. Chairman, Mr. Stump. The Wells Fargo vision and values statement, which you frequently cite, says, quote, we believe in values live, not phrases memorized. If you want to find out how strong a company's ethics are, don't listen to what its people say. Watch what they do. So let's do that. Since this massive years-long scam came to light, you have said repeatedly, quote, I am accountable. But what have you actually done to hold yourself accountable? Have you resigned as CEO or chairman of Wells Fargo? The board, I serve at the... Have you resigned? No, I have not. All right. Have you returned one nickel of the millions of dollars that you were paid while this scam was going on? Well, first of all, this was by 1% of our people. That's not my question. My question is about responsibility. Have you returned one nickel of the millions of dollars that you were paid while this scam was going on? The, the board will take care Have of that. Have you returned one nickel of the money you earned while this scam was going on? And, and the board will do I will that. take that as a no, then. You know, she got his bonuses taken away. Mm-hmm. Um, and Bernie Sanders is not like this guy who's going to be whispering objections or kind of like being smarmy and smiling for the cameras and being jokey-jokey and talking about his faith, Mike Pence, he is going to, you know, he's going to be loud and boisterous and angry, mad as hell. And, and he, I, you know, Mike Pence would not have gotten away with half the crap he got away with on the stage if, mm-hmm. if either of those two had been the running mate. But yeah, absolutely. Had a centrist, she wanted to have a safe choice, somebody that would be kind of like, you know, not on everybody's radar. So uh, it's just, you know, the stupidity continues to mm-hmm. frustrate. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I, I think that, you know, uh, the, the biggest worry I have is that I don't think anybody was pulled over to Hillary Clinton's side by this debate. I, I don't think that that happened at all. I do think there is a possibility that evangelicals, though, that were on the fence about Trump uh, are now somewhat reassured by this performance by Pence. You know, and now they may be able to hold their nose a little tighter when they go to vote for Trump. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, there's a mainstream evangelical, you know, hard right wing mm-hmm. uh, state leader who who says it's okay to vote for this clown and lied about all the crap that he did and said. So, you know, I can say, oh, well, Mike Pence said he didn't do that. So I thought it was kind of an open question. Yeah. Uh, he definitely provided plenty of cover. Uh, but yeah. Uh, anyways, Kane and Pence both have sons in the Marines. Um, 
I'm Elaine Quijano, anchor at CBSN and correspondent for CBS News. It's an honor to moderate this debate between Senator Tim Kaine and Governor Mike Pence. Both are longtime public servants who are also proud fathers of sons serving in the U.S. Marines. I guess that's interesting. Um, uh, Kane very early on welcomed Pence to Virginia, which I thought was kind of like a you know he was trying to do a little power play, like you're in my you're in, you're in my zone now. Thank you for being here tonight, Governor Pence. Welcome. It is so great to be back at Longwood University in Farmville, Virginia. You know, welcome to this is my home. I've got the home court advantage or whatever. You know, these are my people. Right. Something so. There was a lot of that kind of that jocular kind of friendly rivalry back and forth kind of, you know, I don't know. Uh, yeah. Um, uh, what is it? Let's see. Uh, Mike Pence tried to say that, the, you know, uh, the Middle East is in chaos today. is from the architect of the Obama administration foreign policy. We see entire portions of the world, particularly in the wider Middle East, literally spinning out of control. Well, let me let me say first and foremost that uh, uh, Senator, you and Hillary Clinton would know a lot about an insult driven campaign. It really is remarkable at a, at a time when literally in, in the wake of Hillary Clinton's tenure as secretary of state, where she was the architect of the Obama administration's foreign policy, we see entire portions of the world, particularly the wider Middle East, literally spinning out of control. I mean, the situation we're watching hour by hour in Syria today is, is a result of the failed foreign policy and the weak foreign policy that Hillary Clinton helped lead in this administration and create. Uh, the newly, newly emboldened the aggression of Russia, whether it was in uh, Ukraine or now you, you their heavy-handed approach. You, you, you both their heavy-handed approach. You, you both have said Vladimir Putin well, is better. Gentlemen, we're going to get to Russia president. in just a moment, uh, but I do want to get back to the question. But in question the midst, in the midst, yeah, Elaine, no, but, thank you, but, thank, but, but, thank you, thank you, Senator. You guys have praised yeah. Vladimir Putin as a yes, great leader. How, how can they that, defend that? We do have that coming up here, but in the meantime, the questions were about your running mates. I must have hit a nerve here because Syria today is a result of the foreign policy and the weak foreign policy that Hillary Clinton helped lead in this administration and create. Um, so, you know, trying to blame all that on on the Clintons and the Obamas when, you know, I don't know. We all know where the chaos in the Middle East started. But, mm -hmm. And that um, kind of represented Kane the first uh, interruptions by, by Kane uh, of Pence. Now, what did, you, what did you make of that? I know we talked about the interruptions in the last debate. What did you make of his interrupting in this? They, I don't think they were mostly, uh, most of them were not very effective, I don't think. No. I, mean, I don't think he, he wasn't strong enough. I mean, like, you know, Mike Pence projected strength and calmness and just kind of like a, you know, whatever you say, boy, he's just kind of like, kind of like this above it all attitude. And, and Tim Kaine just seemed like he's like this yippy dog trying to get some nips and yelps in there or something along the way. It was just uh, not a good look. No. Um, he, he said at some point early on that um, you are Donald Trump's apprentice. You, you are Donald Trump, uh, Trump's apprentice. Uh, um, let, let me talk about this, Senator. Issue I think of the, of I think I'm still on my time. Well, I think our, isn't this a discussion? This is our yeah. open discussion. Let, let's talk well, about this. Well, the state let, of let, the me, world. let me interrupt you. Let me interrupt you no. and finish my sentence if I can. Finish the Clinton Foundation accepted foreign 
contributions from foreign governments and foreign donors while she was secretary okay, of state. Okay, now I can weigh She in. had a private now, no, server I, I get to weigh in. that no, was let me discovered. Just say I did raise. He, Senator, he keep that pay-to-play uh, process you have an opportunity Gov Governor out Pence, of the reach of Governor the public. Pence doesn't think the world's going so well, and he you know, is going to say it's everybody's Do fault. Do you? And, like, you know, again, this is the kind of thing that Hillary always does where she has some market-tested, pre-planned line that she wants to deliver and that he wants to deliver, and he delivers it, you know. The audience has been instructed not to you laugh or applaud, so there's no reaction to it, so it just kind of falls flat. Mm -hmm. It's just, I don't know. Um, uh, let's see, what did Mike Pence said? Uh, I think I think Tim Kaine, I think he's a fitting running mate for Hillary Clinton. But I think I think he's a very fitting running mate for Hillary Clinton. Because in, in the wake of, of a season where American families are struggling in this economy, un, under the weight of higher taxes and Obamacare and the war on coal and the stifling avalanche of regulation coming out of this administration, Hillary Clinton and Tim Kaine want more of the same. It really is remarkable that they, they actually are advocating a trillion dollars in tax increases, which I get that. You, you tried to raise taxes here in Virginia and were unsuccessful. But a trillion dollars in tax increases, more regulation, more of the same war on coal, and more of Obamacare. That Now, even former President Bill Clinton calls Obamacare a crazy plan. But Hillary Clinton and Tim Kaine want to build on Obamacare. They want to expand it into a single-payer program. and. For all the world, Hillary Clinton just thinks Obamacare is a good start. Look, Donald Trump and I have a plan to get this economy moving again. You know, kind of a, a backhanded compliment there. Basically <laughs> <laughs> saying you're both crap. Uh, Bill Clinton stuck his foot in his mouth somewhere last week and gave Pence the line that even uh, even former President Bill Clinton calls Obamacare a crazy plan, but. Hillary Clinton and Kim Kaine want to build an on Obamacare. They want to expand it into a single-payer program. And for all the world, Hillary, and for all the world, Hillary Clinton just thinks Obamacare is a good start. Um, Side note: What did you think know, of that uh, outburst by Bill Clinton about Obamacare? Now the next thing is we got to figure out what to do now on health care. Her opponent said, oh, just repeal it all. The market will take care of it. That didn't work out very well for us, did it? We wound up with the most expensive system in the world, and we insured the smallest percentage of people. On the other hand, the current system works fine if you're eligible for Medicaid, if you're a lower-income working person, if you're already on Medicare, or if you get enough subsidies on a modest income that you can afford your health care. But the people that are getting killed in this deal are small business people and individuals who make just a little too much to get any of these subsidies. Why? Because they're not organized, they don't have any bargaining power with insurance companies, and they're getting whacked. So you've got this crazy system where all of a sudden 25 million more people have health care, and then the people are out there busting it sometimes 60 hours a week, wind up with their premiums doubled and their coverage cut in half. It's the craziest thing in the world. So here's the simplest thing. You raise your hand so you think about it. Here's the simplest thing. Figure out an affordable rate and let people use that, something that won't undermine your quality of life, won't interfere with your ability to make expenses, won't interfere with your ability to save money for your kid's college education, and let people buy in 
to Medicare or Medicaid. Here's why. You can let people buy in for just a little bit because unlike where you are now, if you were on the other side of this, if you were an insurer, you'd say, gosh, I only got 2,000 people in this little pool. 80% of the insurance costs every year come from 20% of the people. If I get unlucky in the pool, I'll lose money. So they overcharge you just to make sure, and on good years, they just make a whopping profit out of the people least able to pay it. It doesn't make any sense. The insurance model doesn't work here. It's not like life insurance. It's not like casualty. It's not like predicting flood. It's, it doesn't work. So Hillary believes we should simply let people who are above the line for getting these subsidies have access to affordable entry into the Medicare and Medicaid programs. They'll all be covered. It will not hurt the program. We will not lose a lot of money. And we ought to do it. Uh, you know, I, I, I haven't, I didn't watch the whole speech. I just saw the clips, but I heard that there's a little bit more context to it. But that, that may have just been, you know, Barbara Boxer's spin or something that I saw on MSNBC somewhere or something. Mm-hmm. So, I, you know, it just, in either way, he has got to be very careful about what he says right now because, you know, people are going to be going over it with a fine tooth comb. And like I've said several times in the past on past broadcasts, Bill Clinton is an outstanding and very powerful campaigner when he's campaigning for anybody except his wife because he always, he's been screwing it up since 2008 when he tries to help Hillary. Mm-hmm. So, case in point again. Yeah. I mean, I can just imagine any kind of changes they're going to try to do to Obamacare when they've got Bill Clinton on tape saying that the Obamacare is this huge, crazy thing. You know, a, a year down the road, if Hillary's trying to make some changes or all this, you know, it's just it's they've got a they've got a self-inflicted wound on that on that on getting anything started on that again. So, mm-hmm. um, Tim Kaine tried to get another laugh line in there with, "Do you want a your hired president in Hillary Clinton or a your fired president in Donald Trump?" That was so dumb. Um, you know. Yeah, it's just these these cheesy lines they're trying to sneak in there. I mean, I agree. I, I think we've we've said before that Donald Trump is not going to be a jobs creator because he's this guy who loves to fire people and he takes visible glee in doing so. <laughs> but this was not the line that's going to you know make people. Oh wow, yeah, he's got a point. This is- do you want a your hired president in Hillary Clinton or do you want a your fired president in Donald Trump? I think that's not such a hard choice. Uh, I want to throttle these Democratic, both of them. Um, uh, what is it? Let's see. Um, Kim, uh, sorry, I'm just kind of going through a list of things that I've written down here, but that's kind of how I start off, and then I get more into the flow, and I start mm-hmm. picking up, like, larger themes, I think. No, that's fine. I hope. Um, Mike Pence says, well, this is probably the difference between Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton and Senator Kane. I mean, Hillary Clinton and Senator Kane, and God bless you for it. Career public servants, that's great. (laughs) Donald Trump is a businessman, not a career politician. Well, this is probably the difference between Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton and Senator Kane. I mean, mean, Hillary Clinton and Senator Kane, and, and, and God bless you for it. Career public servants, that's great. Donald Trump is a businessman. 
not a career politician. He actually built a business. Again, another one of these kind of backhanded compliments where, you know, the Republican base knows that a career public servant, a career politician is a scumbag. And so they're, oh, yeah, yeah, you really got them there. Yeah, that's exactly what they are. That's terrible. But, like, what has Mike Pence, what has Mike Pence ever done except for be in office in Indiana for however long? Um, you know, he, he's, he's a career public servant. He was in the House of Representatives for a dozen years. What is he talking about? Yeah, yeah. And, and arguably he's... Perhaps he's as successful as Tim Kaine. I don't know who's more successful between the two of them. Oh, I think but, uh, I think Tim well, Kaine is more successful just by not Senator failing Trump. as much. <laughs> yeah, well, I guess Senator is probably higher up than Governor, but mm-hmm. um, but Hillary Clinton is absolutely a more successful public servant than than Tim than Mike Pence. So mm-hmm. um, you know, anyways, and God bless you for it. Yada yada yada. You know. Your career politicians, career public servants. Donald Trump is he's a businessman, and that, of course, that's by definition better. So, uh, Pence tried to avoid the tax return release questions two or three times. Let's see. Then, um, my uh, Tim Kaine tried to go after him for avoiding the tax thing. He says, "So it's smart not to pay for our military. It's smart not to pay for veterans. It's smart not to pay for teachers." And I guess. All of us who do pay for these things, I guess we're stupid. He stood on he the stage last week. He, he, he stood on the stage last week, and when Hillary said you haven't been paying taxes, he said that makes me smart. So it's smart not to pay for our military. It's smart not to pay for veterans. It's smart not to pay for teachers. And I guess all of us who do pay for those things, I guess we're stupid. And the last thing I'll say Senator, is this: Senator, do you take the, all the, last the deductions thing, that you're entitled the, to? The last thing I want to ask Governor Pence. Is I this. do. Governor Pence had to give Donald Trump his tax returns to show he was qualified to be vice president. Donald Trump must give the American public his tax returns to show that he's qualified to be president, and he's breaking his promise. And Tim, or Mike Pence goes, uh, Senator, do you take all the deductions that you're entitled to? I do. Which is, you know, if you're going to defend this type of thing, that's probably the way to defend it, because obviously everybody takes about every exemption they're able to mm-hmm. when they do their taxes or whatever. So, right. I don't know. Just, you know, Pence is wrong, but he had a, he had a semi halfway decent comeback on that. So, mm-hmm. I don't know. <laughs> One thing I noticed that throughout all of this thing was that there was absolutely positively no talk of race relations. So you've got, you know, you've got two white politicians, white male politicians from, uh, you know, from rural states, not forced to take up any issues of, you know, Black Lives Matter, police killings, violence, et cetera, you know, the uh, criminal justice system, uh, for-profit prisons, any of these things that are actually huge issues. And, of course, you know, probably for a lot of people, some of the main issues of this election and they never once talked about it, which is... Well, I think they did uh, get to it a little bit when they got to the implicit bias part and the policing. I mean, that was kind of a sideways way of addressing it, but, yeah, even then they didn't really go into the details. Yeah, and I think the question about the police was, like, are we asking our police to do too much? Which is just... that. The, what, what, you know... I, you know, it's, that's, that's not the correct formulation of the question. Uh, you know, I'm sorry to say, it's like, 
Um, there are some situations where police kill people very quickly. There are other situations where they don't kill people, even under extremely duress, extreme duress. Um, and so it's, you know, I think asking for at least consistency in the application of force is not asking too much. Uh, you know, uh, there, I, I, just that that question uh, was a uh, was a stupid question, and and it, and it slanted the conversation in a way that I think was you know, and then my good pens gets to say, well, you know, one of my uncles, or I, honestly, I forget if it was Jim Cain or Mike Pence who said their uncle was a police officer. And his brothers all looked up to him and stuff, and it's like, okay, whatever. I mean, yeah, that's nice and everything, and we all, you know, everybody knows some police officers, but. Um, hopefully the police officers we know don't, you know, execute black people under, you know, questionable circumstances. Mm -hmm. So, wow, you know, that was, I think that was a missed opportunity from the debate moderator. Yeah, one of many. Um, let's see. Uh, what did Payne uh, Payne uh, uh, said? Or wait, Kane, Henson Kane. My God, these guys are so like I don't know. They 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 kind of mesh together in my head. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. honestly, it's kind of like I don't know. It's not. They don't distinguish themselves very well. I don't no. think. Um, Kane said Governor Pence had to give Donald Trump his tax returns to show he was qualified to be vice president. Donald Trump must give the American public his tax returns to show that he's qualified to be president, and he's breaking his promise. And at this point, the moderator wanted to move on, but Pence says, Elaine, I have to respond to this. She says, you get very little time, 20 seconds. And um, Pence tried to get in a, there you go again line, and he kind of paused, and everybody's like, oh. oh. And um, I don't know. Uh, that was in res- actually that was in response to Kane's uh, charges that Pence was the biggest cheerleader for Bush's efforts to privatize Social Security, and he even pointed out that Pence was still pushing for it after Bush had given up on it. And I can remember that. Mm-hmm. I remember think I was in college, I think, at the time, and I think that was a I, maybe I was out of college by that point. I can't mm-hmm. remember exactly, but I remember thinking that was a stupid idea because I was like, and this was like. This must have been 2006, 2005. It was between 2005 and 2007. And I remember thinking that was a stupid idea at the time because I was like, wait a minute, the stock market goes up and down, and, like, we have Walmart, Wall Street, Walmart, Wall Street crashes, like, in 1929. I was like, so if you put everybody's savings in the stock market and the stock market crashes, you're going to have an entire generation of elderly people starving to death, right? Basically, yeah. And then, of and then, course, of course, you know, within two, within one to two years, the stock market did crash, and I was like, "Well, I guess we're good that Bush didn't really push that." So, <laughs> yeah, they dropped that like it was hot. <laughs> yeah, but we will never, ever engage in a risky scheme to privatize Social Security. Donald Trump wrote a book and he said Social Security is a Ponzi scheme and privatization would be good for all of us. And when Congressman Pence was in Congress, he was the chief cheerleader for the privatization of Social Security. Even after President Bush stopped pushing for it, Congressman Pence kept pushing for it. We're going to stand up against efforts to privatize Social Security, and we'll look for ways to keep it solvent going forward, focusing primarily on the payroll tax cap. 
Governor Pence, I'll give you an opportunity to respond. Well, uh, thanks, Elaine. Uh, there they go again. Okay. Don, all Donald, go, Trump, go all Donald Trump and I have said about Social Security is we're going to meet our obligations to our seniors. But that was the point at which Pence got his there you go again line in. Yeah, try, trying to channel uh, Ronald Reagan in a previous presidential debate, I believe. Yeah, everybody wants to get that iconic zinger. Governor Reagan, as a matter of fact, began his political career campaigning around this nation against Medicare. Now we have an opportunity to move toward national health insurance with an emphasis on the prevention of disease, an emphasis on outpatient care, not inpatient care, an emphasis on hospital cost containment to hold down the cost of hospital care for those who are ill, an emphasis on catastrophic health insurance so that if a family is threatened with being wiped out economically because of, very, of a very high uh, medical bill, then the insurance would help pay for it. These are the kind of elements of a national health insurance important to the American people. Governor Reagan, again, typically is against such a proposal. Governor, <laughs> there you go again. When I opposed Medicare, there was another piece of legislation meeting the same problem before the Congress. I happened to favor the other piece of legislation and thought that it would be better for the senior citizens and provide better care than the one that was finally passed. I was not opposing the principle of providing care for them. I was opposing one piece of legislation as versus another. Mm-hmm. Um, put their own spin on it. Yeah. Um, so then they then they turned to law enforcement and race relations. They said community, uh, let's see, Kane basically said community policing, demilitarized police, mental health reform package, uh, reduce the scourge of gun violence. Um, Ten said, police officers are the best of us. You know, my uncle was a cop, a career cop, uh, on the beat in uh, downtown Chicago. He was my hero when I was growing up. When we'd go up to visit my dad's family in Chicago, my three brothers and I would marvel at, at my uncle when he would come out in his uniform, sidearm at his side. Police officers are the best of us. I mean, men and women, white, African-American, Asian, Latino, Hispanic, they put their lives on the line every single day. And let me say, at, uh, you know, at, at the risk of agreeing with you, I, I, community policing is a great idea. Mm-hmm. It's worked in the Hoosier State, uh, and, and we fully support that. Donald Trump and I are going to make sure that law enforcement have the resources uh, and the tools uh, to be able to really restore law and order um, let me say, at the risk of agreeing with you, community policing is a great idea. But he also talked about law and order, um, which, you know, those are obviously uh, kind of two very different uh, philosophies on policing, I think. Somehow, even though they're talking about law enforcement and race, race relations, which, again, like I said, they didn't really get into race relations very much, uh, they got back to... Um, Let's see, Pence said something. If you're, uh, no, it's, it's kind of, again, these guys are mixing my head. I think Pence said, if your son or my son handled classified information like she did, they'd be court-martialed. And Kane said, that is absolutely false, and you know that. I'm like, a full investigation concluded that not one 
reasonable prosecutor would take any additional step. You don't get to decide the, the rights and wrongs of this. We have a justice system that does that. And a Republican FBI director did an investigation and concluded... All right, we are moving on now. Senator, if your son or my people, son handled classified information the way Hillary children, Clinton did, they'd be court-martialed. That is absolutely false, and you know absolutely that. And you true. know that, Governor. Governor it's it, absolutely it, it, true. Because Gentlemen, the FBI did, the, did an investigation. Gentlemen... And they concluded that there was Senator, no reasonable prosecutor who would take it further. Senator Sorry, Kane, no. Governor Pence, please. Um, no, I think he actually kind of has a point. If you're in the military, you willingly take lots of classified emails onto private servers and send it in your you know, email or something. I think, yeah, there's going to be consequences. Mm-hmm. Everybody knows it. Mm-hmm. Um, and by this point... Elaine Kihanu had been trying to make them move, both move on for quite a long time, but it wasn't really working. Then they came to Syria. Um, ten, or Trump, uh, God, what the hell ever his name is, <laughs> headline, um, we have got to begin to lean into this with strong, broad-shouldered American leadership. And I, I, I kind of picked up on that broad-shouldered. Hmm, who has broad shoulders? Men have broad shoulders, right? Broader than women, usually. And the small and bullying leader uh, of Russia is now dictating terms to the United States to the point where all the, all the United States of America, uh, 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 the, 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 the greatest nation on earth, just withdraws from talks about a, a ceasefire while Vladimir Putin puts a missile defense system in Syria while he marshals the forces and begins. Look, we, we have got to begin to lean into this with strong, broad-shouldered American leadership. It begins by rebuilding our military. And the Russians and the Chinese have been making enormous investments in the military. We, we, have, we have the smallest Navy since 1916. We have the lowest number of, of troops since the end of the Second World War. We've got to work with the Congress and Donald Trump will to rebuild our military and project American strength in the world. But about Aleppo and about Syria, I, I truly do believe that, that, that what America ought to do right now is to immediately establish safe zones so that families and, and vulnerable uh, families with children can move out of those areas, work with our Arab partners real time right now to make that happen. And secondly, I, I just have to tell you that the provocations by Russia need to be met with American strength. Uh, and, and if Russia chooses to be involved and continue, I should say, to be involved in this barbaric attack on civilians in Aleppo, the United States of America should be prepared to use military force to strike military targets of the Assad regime, to prevent them from this humanitarian uh, crisis that is taking place in Aleppo. Uh, th- there's a broad range of other things that we ought to do as well. We ought to, we ought to deploy a missile defense shield to the Czech Republic and Poland, which Hillary Clinton and Barack Obama pulled back on out of not wanting to offend the Russians Governor, back in 2009. <laughs> and I, I think I saw some also some follow-up. A lot of people were saying that that seemed like a kind of a, a coded language sexist attack or something, that, you know, we need a man, you know, with the stamina and all that stuff that they've all been talking about, not a woman with narrow shoulders to lead, um, to lean into this thing. Um, he also said, we have the smallest Navy since 1916, and we have the lowest number of troops since the Second World War. Uh, ridiculous, you know. <laughs> like, you know, our Navy. I think we can do more with less as far as ships, right? Yeah. 
uh, smallest navy since 1916. I mean, like, okay, but seriously, put any put any navy in the world up against ours, and you know, we're gonna wipe the floor with them, basically. Yeah, we, we have like twice as many aircraft character aircraft carriers as the next closest nation behind us. I think we're gonna be okay. <laughs> Yeah, we'll get the cyber, right? We the cyber, cyber, yeah. We can we can fight the cyber, not the cyber, just cyber. We, we can cyber. Yeah, we can go above and below. <laughs> above and below. Yeah, get get that wavy hand motion in there. Yeah, get the marines, nuclear submarines. So. Like when the Russians and the North Koreans, when they try to use a submarine, sometimes they just sink it and they lose it under underwater. Mm-hmm. I don't think that happens to us. <laughs> I think that I'm pretty sure that that's happened once to Russia with a nuclear submarine. And I think it happened. With, it may have happened with a North Korean submarine about a year ago. Or something hmm. That sort of went off the radar and nobody knows where it went. Interesting. So basically, in Trump's words, they're not winning with their submarines. We're winning. <laughs> So much for sick of it. Ridiculous to say that our navy is, yeah. Ridiculous to say that our navy is not in, not in pretty, you know, very competitive condition in, in 2016. I think. Um, let's see. Pence actually sort of sounds okay on Syria and Aleppo. Um, he didn't have an Aleppo moment in this case, mm-hmm. um, like Johnson did with the. Uh, what's an Aleppo? <laughs> But he, you know, he said, you know, we in the U.N. must be prepared to strike military targets of the Assad regime after creating safe zones. Uh, I think uh, Kane also said that safe zones sound nice. It was, uh, you know, I, I, yeah, I think, I think, I think, you know, something's going to have to change in with regards to Russia and Syria. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that again makes me more hawkish than some left-wing people, but. When you've got, you know, when you've got millions of people displaced and you've got hundreds of thousands of people dying, you've got bombing of civilians, chemical weapons flying willy-nilly, I mean, you know, at some point, <laughs> the world's number one superpower has to say enough. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what that means exactly, but, you know, and we may have other interests. We may be more interested in stabilizing uh, Iraq and pushing all this craziness and c- containing it in Syria. Although nothing ever really stays contained in a war. Mm-hmm. Pence also talked about missile defense in Eastern Europe, which is obviously to antagonize against Russia. It seems like, I mean, that was the first moment where I noticed that Pence seemed to be more hawkish on Russia than Trump was. Mm-hmm. I don't think, I, I, maybe it is in Trump's policy to put missile defense in Eastern Europe, but this sounds like a traditional yeah. um, kind of neocon, um, contain Russia, fight the Cold War, uh, the Soviets are coming to take over Eastern Europe kind of stuff. I mean, this this is, obviously, this is not one of Trump's concerns. I mean, uh, later in the interview, later in the debate, I said it like an interview, I don't know why. Kane said something about how Donald Trump said that uh, he doesn't know that Russia already invaded uh, uh, invaded the Ukraine, right? And um, Pence tried to deny it, which was another one of those moments where Pence was later proven totally wrong. Mm-hmm. But Again, this is where I started to realize, like, Pence seems like he's a traditional 1980s Cold War, Cold Warrior Republican, right? Mm -hmm. And he wants to fight Russia. Mm -hmm. And Trump doesn't seem like that at all. He thinks, like, Russia's just going to magically respect America because of his own strength or something. Mm -hmm. Again, this was a moment where I felt like Mike Pence was 
you know, there are rumors after this debate that Donald Trump's a little mad at Mike Pence, perhaps for upstaging him by doing better in the debate than, than the Trump did. Mm-hmm. But I think there may also probably be something in there about the fact that Mike Pence doesn't seem to have the same tone on a lot of the issues that, that Trump does as far as Russia. Yeah, so I, I thought that was interesting. What do you? What do you? What's your take on all that? I hadn't thought about that. I mean, I, I thought about the thing with the um, traditional kind of hawkish Republican neocon uh, view of it that Pence has, and, and that being different from Trump. Um, and I did hear the thing about him uh, being mad that that Pence had upstaged him. I didn't then take the further step that you just took of, of saying that it might have been because he had a different policy on on Russia or or uh, or that kind of thing. But I, I think it would totally make sense. I mean, it, it wouldn't. It doesn't really fit with what he's been saying, and Lord knows he said enough complimentary things about Putin and his leadership ability to, mm-hmm. uh, you know, no matter how many times Pence uh, was going to deny it. Uh, so yeah, maybe that was part of the yeah, reason he was mad at him. That's that's an interesting thought. That probably would probably would be part of it. So yeah, and I think um, again, more more and more lies. I mean, uh, can't. Uh, pr- God damn it! These names, you know. Whatever. I hope. I don't know. I think this is going to come across badly in the final uh, podcast. I don't know. If I, I and I know I'm coming across sounding like a little bit exasperated, but it was an it was an exasperating debate. Oh, I was I was screaming at my computer half the time. It was so hard to watch. Yeah. Uh, well, I'll say that uh, Pence has also said complimentary things about the strength of uh, uh, Putin, especially as compared to uh, Obama and stuff. And that was another thing that he lied about. He said, no, no, I didn't say that. Trump didn't say that. We didn't say that. And then, you know, again, the day or two after it comes out, yeah, he did. So. Mm-hmm. But, but, yeah, I do think that, you know, it seems like Pence has a... I've never heard Donald Trump say anything about putting missiles in Eastern Europe. Maybe he has said that. Maybe I need to do more fact-checking on that. But maybe that's on his website somewhere and he's in the policy, if he has any. But it also, to, in, in the context, it seemed more like Pence talking about what he wanted to do with Russia rather than what Donald Trump necessarily wanted to do about Russia. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Definitely. Well, I mean, I don't know if you want to get to this yet, but I think the the real winner of this debate uh, for me was Mike Pence uh, in four years, um, because yeah. it, it's been an open I, secret here in Indiana that this the whole reason that he became governor was just as a stepping stone to get to the national stage, um, and then he I think he probably would have actually run for president this year had he not had the uh, Rifra situation or the uh, you know HIV outbreak in southern Indiana or the uh, abortion bill that that, that when they, are all these just unforced blunders that are just basically the product of his evangelicalness that that don't allow him to, to see straight so I think but for those I almost think you probably would have seen him maybe even be the candidate this year um, you know being the establishment choice or, or whatever um, so I, I think that you know I'm relatively certain that Trump is going to lose. I hate to even say that because I don't want to jinx it, but uh, I, I think that tr- that Trump is 
probably going to go down in flames next month, um, and there's only going to be one person left standing in the Republican Party uh, to lead them in 2020, and I think it's going to be Mike Pence. And I think he comported himself so well in this debate and, and showed that he was the even-keeled, old-school Reagan Republican, you know, hawkish, evangelical, you know, go down the line. He's going to be the one that they turn to next time. And I think that that frightens me. It really does. Because I, I know exactly how much he actually believes this crazy things he says. So, Yeah, but I think, I think that's one way it could go. But I think the other way it could go is that, you know, uh, assuming that the Republican Party is capable of learning from their mistakes, which we haven't seen much evidence of this year so far, <laughs> um, it may be that anybody who is involved in the Trump campaign gets, you know, gets tarred and feathered with Donald Trump and is not no longer considered for any serious higher office. Yeah. So it may be that, you know, it may go that way. So, um, Tim King agreed on the humanitarian zone in Syria. Let's see. Um, Pence dodged a lot about how to enforce a safe zone. Because, obviously, if Russia is bombing your safe zone, mm-hmm. you know, and violating your no-fly zone, um, you know, <laughs> you can't really enforce a safe zone. So it seemed like he was trying to go off on other things whenever they tried to press him on that. Mm-hmm. Um, he said to Tim Kaine, uh, you boycotted Prime Minister Netanyahu's speech. And Tim Kaine was like, no, 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 no. You know, I love Israel just as much as you do. He says, no, I visited him in his office. He says, you boycotted his speech. He keeps saying that they prevented, that Hillary Clinton, who started the deal with the Iranians, prevented Iran from getting a nuclear weapon. That's, that's they, what they the Israeli they got head of the Joint Chiefs of Staff is saying right well, now, Governor. Well, that's, that's, that's not what Israel thinks. Gadi Eisencote, you can go yeah, check it. You wouldn't go necessarily know that. I know you boycotted Prime Minister Netanyahu's speech. No, I visited him in his Congress. office. I visited him in you his office. You boycotted the speech. The, the point is, what, what this Iran, so-called Iran deal did was essentially guarantee... I mean, when I was in Congress, I fought hard on a bipartisan basis with Republican and Democrat members to move forward the toughest sanctions it literally in the history of the United States against And then Hillary Iran. used them. We to were bringing the- them to heel, but the goal was always that we would only lift the sanctions if Iran permanently renounced their nuclear Elaine, ambitions. Let me just- uh, so, of course, they're both, you know, rapidly trying to show who's more pro-Israel. Right. Um... Tim Kaine had a somewhat, you know, I think this was one of the things where he, you know, wanted to get this on the record. He said, six times tonight, I have said to Governor Pence, I can't imagine how you can defend your running mate's position on one issue after the next. And in all six cases, he's refused to defend his running mate. Six times tonight, I have said to Governor Pence, I can't imagine how you can defend your running mate's position on one issue after the next. And in all six cases, he's refused to defend well, his running mate's position. No, no, don't put words in my mouth. All right. But, his running mates, you know, jump, 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 whatever it is, uh, uh, what, et cetera. And uh, he said, no, 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 don't put words in my mouth. And yet three times he's asking everybody to vote for something that uh, we he cannot defend. And I just think that that should be underlined. Mm-hmm. He said, I'm very happy to defend Donald Trump. If you want me to take 
there, if you wanted me to take these one at a time, I'll take them one at a time. He says, uh, more nations should get nuclear weapons. Try to defend that. He says, well, he never said that, Senator, and you know that. He again, proved later that he had said that. Mm-hmm. Uh, he absolutely said it. Saudi Arabia, South Korea, Japan. Yeah. Uh, another thing, Donald Trump, on the other hand, did not know that Russia had invaded Crimea. Oh, that's nonsense. <laughs> he was on a TV show a couple months back. And he said, I'll guarantee you this, Russia's not going to get into the Ukraine. And he had to be reminded that they had gone to the Crimea two years before, since he knew that. She went toe-to-toe with Russia and lodged protests when they went into Georgia. And we've done the same thing about Ukraine, but more than lodging protests, we've put punishing economic sanctions on Russia that we need to continue. Donald Trump, on the other hand, didn't know that Russia had invaded the Crimea. Oh, that's nonsense. He, he, he was on a TV show a couple months back, and he said, I'll guarantee you this, Russia's not going into the Ukraine. And he had to be reminded that they had gone into the Crimea two years before. He Hillary, knew Hillary, that. Hillary, Hillary Clinton has gone toe-to-toe with Russia to work out a deal on New START. She got them engaged in a meaningful way to cap Iran's nuclear weapons program, and yet she stood up to them on issues such as Syria and their invasion of Georgia. You've got to have the ability to do that, and Hillary does. <laughs> Just not dealing in fact. Um, so basically, Donald Trump knew that happened. He basically meant it's not going to happen again, which is obviously not at all what Donald Trump said in the interview. So mm-hmm. all of these things are things that can be, you know, verified. Uh, yeah. But I do think um, Kane had a point that, you know, uh, Pence was not really strongly defending Donald Trump because he has to know on some level that the things that Donald Trump has said and done have basically been indefensible. So mm-hmm. he, he kind of almost like defended, um, defended Trump almost by not defending Trump, but kind of rather by like kind of setting up this benevolent, sympathetic straw man if that's even the right way to use the word, because you usually use a straw man of your opponent's argument, but he's using a straw man of his own running mate's argument to make them sound better. Yeah. Um, he, he's trying to make Donald Trump seem like, like an, kind of an off, off misquoted reasonable person. <laughs> exactly. Uh, who's never hurt anyone. Or at least he's, he's kind of a, a, a uh, correctly quoted but not fully understood version of kind of the same thing. He's <laughs> this guy that, you know, he says the wrong thing, but he means the right thing, and everybody's, like, just not giving them the benefit of the doubt or something. Just there's, there's really no defense for Donald Trump, and I think that's legitimately, I, I think Pence made a, you know, a valiant effort to keep Trump not looking bad, and it's basically an impossible, it's a fool's errand at this point. So. Mm-hmm. I mean, he basically assumes the American public is is uh, on the level of of babies that can't if they don't see something it doesn't exist. So if Trump isn't standing right there, it's like oh well he can make up this person that doesn't even exist and defend him because it's like you said it's like to, to defend the actual man is like is is going to be impossible. So really, this is the only way he can defend him. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just pretend that he's a normal Republican. Um, and pretend that he didn't mean the things he said. He didn't say the things he said. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, 
that he believes what you believe. Yeah, exactly. Um, and that he shares your values. Mm-hmm. And he, you know, he's had a lifelong commitment to these values that you also have had a right. lifelong commitment, which we know Donald Trump has not had a lifelong commitment to conservative values. Hasn't had a lifelong commitment to hardly any values. So. Mm-hmm. Um, Pence again came back to the taxes. Or, sorry, Kane again came back to the taxes. He said, "Now this could be solved if Donald Trump would be willing to release his tax returns as he told the American public." And uh, at this point, Pence is laughing in the background. <laughs> and he said, "And he said that would do." And I know he's laughing at this, but um, every president since. And Pence interjects, but that's, but what's that have to do with Russia? Because every president since Richard Nixon has done it, and Donald Trump has said, I'm, I'm doing business with Russia, the only way the American public will ever see whether he has a conflict of interest, and he says, he hasn't said that. Senator, uh, I, um, time is up. He has, actually. Governor, well, thanks. I, uh, this, just trying to keep up with the insult-driven campaign on the other side of the table. Um... I, you know, I'm just saying facts about your running mate. Yeah, well, and I know you can't defend Senator, please. This is Governor's turn. I'm happy. I'm, <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, I'm happy to him, Senator. Don't put words in my mouth that I'm not defending him. You're not. I'm happy to defend him. Most of what you said is completely false, and the American people know that. This isn't the old days where you could just say, I'll run through the list. Senator, please, this is Governor Pence's two minutes. <laughs> so I've I, I just kind of gone through three people inter- interrupting each other constantly. And it's, you know, mm-hmm. it's incoherent to listen to me say it. It's because it was incoherent to listen to the three of them do it, too. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know. It was rough. Yeah. Yeah, definitely very rough. Trump said at some point, look, this is the alternative universe of Washington, D.C. versus reality. <laughs> I think he, I don't know. I think this is the alternate universe of Donald Trump campaign versus reality. Um, uh, there was a question from, I think, from the moderator. She said, why do you think that um, Hill, which is Putin, will respect the Trump Pence administration? And Pence knew his strength Plain simple. Quote, Putin has no respect for Hillary Clinton and no respect for Obama. Why do you think he'll respect a Trump-Pence administration? Strength. Plain and simple. Business. Donald Trump, that's nonsense. Donald Trump Do- is Donald a strong Trump's son leader says who is going to lead with American Please, strength. Senator, we're, going to, to we're going to rebuild our military. And, and uh, Kane, Kane said... Uh, business dealings in the background and Pence says that's nonsense Donald Trump and and Pence says, uh, Donald Trump's son says he says is a strong leader says so the Trump organization who has he's going to rebuild our military Trump Trump, lead, Trump leads with American strength and then you know the, the moderator again please Senator I'll give you a chance to respond you know it's just all again continuing back and forth back and forth and Actually, I had to listen like three times to hear the part where Kane said business dealings because he said it very low. He didn't. He didn't say it loud. He said like, mm-hmm. 
uh, you know, why will why will Putin respect the Trump Pence administration? He says, strength, plain simply, business feelings. <laughs> That's why I'll respect you. <laughs> uh, pretty pretty incoherent, almost. Yeah. Um, what did uh, Pence also was talking about? He said America's political system is superior to the crony, corrupt, capitalist system in Russia in in every way. Uh, the the when Donald Trump and I observed that, as I've said, in Syria, in Iran, Ukraine, that the small and bullying leader of Russia has been stronger on the world stage than this administration. That's stating painful facts. That's not an endorsement of Vladimir Putin. That's an indictment of the weak and feckless leadership of Hillary Clinton and Barack Obama. And Kane said something like, well, if you can't tell the difference between dictatorship and leadership, uh, and then uh, Pence said, uh, this is the grade school thing again. Okay. Because Kane had already said this line earlier in the debate and stuff. And so it was obviously a rehearsed line. And so, you know, Pence got in the, oh, you're, oh, you're using the same line again? Okay, whatever. <laughs> Pence also said at one point, it has to remain the policy of the United States of America the denuclearization of the Korean Peninsula, plain and simple. Things like this phrase, plain and simple. But again... What specific steps would you take to prevent North Korea from developing a nuclear-armed missile capable of reaching the United States? Governor Pence. Well, first, we, we, need to, we need to make a commitment to rebuild our military, including modernizing our nuclear forces. And, and we, also need, we also need an effective American diplomacy that will marshal uh, the resources of nations in the Asian Pacific Rim to put pressure on North Korea, on Kim Jong-un, to abandon his nuclear ambitions. It has to remain the policy of the United States of America, the denuclearization of the Korean Peninsula. Plain and simple. And when Donald Trump is president of the United States, we're, we're, we're not going to have the, uh, the kind of, of posture in the world that has Russia invading uh, Crimea and Ukraine, that has the Chinese building new islands in the South China Sea, that has literally the world, including North Korea, flouting American power. We're, we're, going, to, we're going to go back to the days of peace through strength. But I have to, I have to tell you that... that all this talk about tax returns, and I get it. You know, you want to keep bringing that up. It must have must have until well in some focus promise. group. Uh, but here, Hillary Clinton and her husband set up a private foundation called the Clinton Foundation. While she was Secretary of State, the Clinton Foundation accepted tens of millions of dollars from foreign governments and foreign donors. Now, now, y'all need to know out there. This is this is basic stuff. Foreign donors and certainly foreign governments cannot participate in the American political process. The fact is, Donald Trump said that South Korea should have nukes. Yeah. He's not committed to the denuclearization of the Korean Peninsula. He said South Korea should have nukes. He wants to put more nukes over here. <laughs> so again, you know, what Pence was saying just flies in the face of actual things that Trump has said. Right. It's, you know, it's an, it's an impossible mission to try to clean this thing up. Yeah, sorry, I'm kind of kind of drifting here. It's, it's actually it, it's been a long work over here again, and uh, yeah, it's kind of later at night. But uh, let's see, tens at one point. Said, but I have to tell you, the the all this talk about the tax returns, and I get it. You know, you want to keep bringing it up. It must have must have pulled well in one focus group. Uh, 
But here, Hillary Clinton and her husband set up a private foundation called the Clinton Foundation. I thought it was called the Clinton Global Initiative. Maybe I'm missing that. There's two different ones. I think he mixed it up, but there is two different ones. There's the Clinton uh, Foundation. One of them is like the charity, and the other is like their personal money that they just give away, and it it doesn't do any work. It just they give, they put their money into it, and then they give. It's like what the Trump Foundation would be if it was actually not just a scam. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, that, well, I think that's something that continue, as he continues, you're talking about the Clinton Foundation. So, the Clinton Foundation. Um, he, uh, let's see. What did he say? Something about millions of dollars from foreign government. Uh, the Clinton Foundation accepted millions of dollars from foreign governments and foreign donors. Now, y'all need to know out there, this is basic stuff. Foreign donors and certainly foreign governments uh, can't participate in the American political process. They cannot make financial contributions. And this this reminded me, and I, I didn't do enough background research about exactly what had happened, but other countries, and I think maybe Israel was one of them, and maybe there was one or two others. I forget which countries it was exactly. Trump's campaign was soliciting them for campaign donations, and they basically came out to the newspapers and said, look, we can't give you money for your campaign, but that would be illegal in your own system. <laughs> and so, so Pence is here saying the Clinton Foundation accepted foreign money from foreign governments and foreign donors, and that's illegal. You can't, they cannot influence our, our democratic process in America. Donald Trump tried to get them to influence the, just, you know, unbelievable hypocrisy continues, right? Lying and hypocrisy. Uh-huh. So, you know, again, when, when Pence said earlier in the thing, when he tried to say that, you know, Kane and D. Clinton are, you know, these lifelong career politicians, this is exactly what he's accusing them of doing, is lying and distorting the truth and, you know, mm-hmm. trying to prop up your own side at whatever cost and, you know, lie and lie and lie, even when you think you're this religious guy or whatever. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's unbelievable hypocrisy. Mm-hmm. Um, and, of course, when Kane responded to this whole long speech about how foreign governments had been influencing the Clinton Foundation, he neglected to mention the fact that Donald Trump had directly solicited foreign governments for campaign donations <laughs> in this campaign. So he, again, he's not the most. And this is something that I thought of, you know. And I'm I'm not running for president. This is, and I know a debate's a high pressure environment where you, you you absolutely positively can't make a mistake with your facts or you know mess up any single thing. Mm-hmm. But he's. He's got one debate. I know that Hillary has, you know, probably locked him in a little cave somewhere to practice for this thing for the past several weeks. He, he can have these facts in his head, you know. <laughs> right. And just off the top of my head, I was like, wait, Donald Trump solicited foreign governments for money for his campaign. Mm-hmm. Just say that. You don't have to say anything else. You don't have to talk. You don't have to get into the Clinton Foundation at all. Just say that. And, of course, Donald, Pence would say, oh, no, he didn't. But, you know, the fact checkers will find it tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what what Pence did say? Uh, let's see. Uh, Elaine said something, you know, about. Oh, well, the question was about North Korea, and they all kind of laughed about that because they're way off topic again. And he says the Trump Foundation gives virtually every cent to charitable causes. And the other guy, you know, Kane kind of mentions uh, political contributions. 
He says, less than 10 cents on the dollar from the Clinton Foundation has gone to charitable causes. And actually, the fact is it's more like 90 cents on the dollar to charitable causes. But again, just lying, 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 lying. You know, any, any bad thing you could possibly make up to say about your opponent, just make it up and say it, and 50% of the people will believe it, and yeah. 50% won't. But, you know, it's not about facts. It's about, you know, partisanship. Yeah. Disgusting. Mm-hmm. So, um, and then they were talking about China, and uh, you know, Kane made an attempt to tie Hillary Clinton's. You know, they didn't want her to say it, but she went to China and she said that women's rights are human rights. And I was thinking, you know, at this point, I was noticing that that Pence had been, or uh, Kane had been. Uh, sorry, Kane Kane had said that. Mm-hmm. God, these guys' names and their identities just get so mixed up. Just like they're these smarmy, religious white guys with gray hair. It's just, they're just so mixed up in my head. <laughs> um, from, you know, from rural areas of the country, both of which that I've lived in or near to. Mm-hmm. I lived in North Carolina, so, you know, I was close enough to Virginia, and God knows I lived in Indiana, too, so. Mm-hmm. <sighs> So, anyways, um, so Kane said that women's rights are human rights, which Clinton had said in China. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking, like, Kane has been focusing so much on Donald Trump, and I know I understand the strategy. Make this debate about Donald Trump. Don't let you know Mike Pence put himself out there as a nice guy or anything. Uh, put a nice face on the Trump administration or whatever. But I'm thinking Pence is not a guy that most Americans are going to like because he is a draconian mm-hmm. Christian, uh, you know, theological guy. Yep. He, he wants a theocracy in Indiana. He wants a theocracy in America. And so yeah. when he talks about women's rights or human rights and how Hillary Clinton said that, hit Pence on abortion. Yeah. Hit him on women's right to choose. Yes. On, start hitting him on these things. Don't just keep going after Donald Trump. Go after Pence, too. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, we might we, we, get Pence on the defensive. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we all know that Donald Trump, like you said, doesn't believe in anything, and he'll change his position on the drop of a hat. But but Pence actually believes in this stuff, and you can nail him to the wall on so many things, and he just did not. He didn't even bring up the RIFRA thing, and that was the biggest uh, blunder of, of Pence's administration. So, you know, and, and, it's, and it's cost us real dollars, and that's something that people are going to care about. And you can nail him to the wall on that, and he did. And it was so frustrating to watch because it's like, come on, man, like do this. We have an HIV outbreak in this state, particularly because he closed the Planned Parenthoods in southern Indiana that didn't provide abortions, by the way, that would have done testing, that weren't able to because they were defunded. And then we had this sub-Saharan Africa levels outbreak of HIV, combined with the fact that we were, his religious uh, whatever didn't allow him to, moral ethics didn't allow him to have a needle exchange. And then finally we had to have one emergency because they, you know, because we had this horrible outbreak. And then we have this horrible abortion bill that even the wives of the Republican senators in the state house told the or told the told their husbands not to vote for, and they still passed it anyway. And it was shut down by the courts. I mean, you can go down on all these things. We, they, he was going to make women who had miscarriages have funerals for their fetuses. Like, come on, like you, you, nobody, like nobody's going to like that. Bring it up. <laughs> Has, has the entire country gone crazy, or is it just Indiana? Yeah, well, Indiana's yeah. getting there, but... Frankly, I, I think Pence did a smart thing somewhat early. In the, I mean, it's a stupid thing, but it's a smart thing politically, I guess. He, I think he kind of put 
Number one, well, I think there's a couple factors. I think Kane probably had strict orders from Clinton to not focus on Pence at all, but to keep it all, you know, laser focused on Donald Trump and Mm -hmm. tie Pence to Trump and try to tie all the Republicans to Trump as much as you can to some degree. Um, But on the other hand, I think that uh, Pence put Kane on the defensive at the beginning of the debate when he said, you know, I, you know, I got a, I passed a, when I was, you know, the governor of Indiana, I passed a tax, in, tax decrease. I, I passed a tax, tax cut. And you tried to have a tax increase of $4 billion and you failed. So I was successful and you failed in your state. And it's like, yeah, okay, well, number one, <laughs> uh, p- passing a tax cut is easy, right? Mm-hmm. That, that's, that's like a million times easier than taxing, passing a tax increase. Whether, regardless, totally regardless of whether, you know, politically you think one is better than the other or not. When you're giving people free money, that's going to be easier to pass than, a, than you, know, you know, hey, we need to take a little bit more money from certain people to pay for things that everybody uses in our state. But, but the fact is, I think that that put, I think that put, um, I think that put Kane on the defensive um, where he didn't want to get into, you know, the messed up things that go on in the state of Indiana because mm-hmm. he doesn't want to get dinged again on taxes in Virginia. I guess, so but... Th- that's just my theory, and that's... Yeah, I mean, I guess that makes sense, but... Is a, ugh. Yeah. That's, uh, but I think that just also brings us back to the fact that this guy was not the ideal running mate. Mm-hmm. It's something that we said the day that he was selected by the Clinton mm-hmm. campaign. I, I think I, I was even on the record of saying that before she selected us. If she chooses one of these, you know, people that nobody knows about, one of these, you know, center Democrats or whatever, um, it's not going to go well. Mm-hmm. And here we are in this debate where he basically lost. I mean, he he was right on the facts for the most part, more than much more than Penn certainly, mm-hmm. but he still did not come out looking like a winner. No. And you know. And so, um and so then but that actually was right before they had that exchange about the um, women's rights or human rights. Yep. And he didn't go after Pence, and that happened right before they got to the final section, which was social issues. Mm-hmm. And again, I think this is another reason that he didn't go after Pence on this is because he is he's kind of trying to ride the middle difference there on the on the um, on the uh, pro life pro choice thing himself because he said that personally he is pro pro life, mm-hmm. but because of the the will of the people in his state and because you know he's a Democrat basically he has to be pro choice officially. Mm-hmm. But because of his ideological, based in religion, his belief about, you know, pro-choice versus, uh, you know, uh, pro-life, he, I don't think he was an effective person to go after uh, Mike Pence's uh, policies in Indiana because of that, because he is ideologically compromised on that, because he's somewhere in the middle trying to ride, you know, down the middle of the line, mm-hmm. trying, to, trying to sit on the fence or whatever. And so, but then they got to the social issues at the end, which is where they got into all this kind of this faithy, faithy stuff where they were, you know, well, I've been going to church and I was a missionary and Hillary Clinton's a Methodist and, uh, you know, and Mike Pence said something like, uh, I try to spend some time on my, on my knees every, every single day. I was thinking, yeah, I, I bet in the Trump, uh, in the Trump campaign, you basically have to. <laughs> For me, my faith informs my life. I try and spend a little time on my knees every day. But <laughs> yeah, he had a couple of those moments where it was—you've uh, seen Arrested Development, right? Um, 
Yeah. Yeah, you know when uh, Tobias Fuke keeps making the unintentionally uh, homoerotic statements <laughs> throughout the show. Uh, Was your mother here? You're right. I hope you Oh, that is quite a basket you've got there, Michael. <laughs> that Sally Sitwell is one lucky lady. Well, yeah, I'm not so sure that, that she's actually right for me anyway. But you got one of these too, didn't you? You you bought Lindsay at the same auction. Well, yes, but I'm uh, afraid I prematurely shot my wad on what was supposed to be a dry run, if you will. So now I'm afraid I have something of a mess on my hands. It's just there's so many poorly chosen words in that sentence. It definitely, there was definitely a few moments yeah. near the end that Pence, uh, I'm sure we're coming to it uh, later, but uh, whipping the Mexican thing out again. When Donald Trump says women should be punished, or Mexicans are rapists and criminals. I'm telling you. Or John you. McCain's not a hero. He is showing you who he is. Senator, you, you, you whipped out that Mexican thing again. <laughs> well, so anyways, yeah, they did get into this, this stuff a little bit. But they, they both, you know, strongly proclaimed their respect of each, each other's faith, mm-hmm. um, which was, you know, I don't care. I don't want to hear it. I don't care about it, you know. Separation of church and state and all that. Um, let's see. Pence did try to kind of wedge. Um, he, he, he made it, I, I, you know, again, morally wrong, but from a political perspective, I think it was not not a dumb move to kind of wedge uh, wedge thing against Clinton over something called the Hyde the Hyde Amendment, I believe it was called. Yeah, the Hyde Amendment, which was passed in 1976. Mm-hmm. And, and I've appreciated the fact that you've supported uh, the Hyde Amendment, which bans the use of taxpayer funding for abortion in the past, but that's not Hillary Clinton's view. Which basically said that it severely limited the, the government's ability to uh, fund uh, uh, abortion in any way for uh, low-income people or whatever. Right. In cases of rape, incest, and, you know, Kind of the standard thing that's been accepted. Well, it's kind of been on the books since 1976, basically. So. But actually, Hillary Clinton, her official stance is that she wants to repeal it. And obviously, this is something that uh, Tim Kaine has strongly supported in his own life. So, again, Pence tried to use this as kind of a wedge issue to, to put them to, to, to mm-hmm. I think as was said in I, I think as little Carmine said in the Sopranos one time to sow some dysentery in the ranks <laughs> <laughs> little Carmine was a, uh, a factory of those malapropisms as I remember <laughs> yeah it was, it was pretty <laughs> so but uh, he, Kane didn't really take the bait he you know he walked the middle road and he's like well you know what I believe in my personal life but what I support I support the candidate and I support you know whatever I don't remember what he said, but that was basically the tone of it. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about abortion and choice. Let's talk about that. We support Roe versus Wade. We support the constitutional right of American women to consult their own conscience, their own supportive partner, their own minister, but then make their own decision about pregnancy. That's something we trust American women to do that. And we don't think that women should be punished, as Donald Trump said they should, for making the decision to have an abortion. Governor Pence wants to repeal Roe versus Wade. He said he wants to put it on the ash heap of history. And we have some young people in the audience who weren't even born when Roe was decided. This is pretty important. Before Roe versus Wade, 
States could pass criminal laws to do just that, to punish women if they made the choice to terminate a pregnancy. I think you should live your moral values. But the last thing, the very last thing that government should do is have laws that would punish women who make reproductive choices. And that is the fundamental difference between a Clinton-Cain ticket and a Trump-Pence ticket that wants to punish women who make no, that it's, choice. It's, it's really not. Uh, Donald Trump and I would never support legislation that punished women who made the heartbreaking choice to end a pregnancy. And why did Donald He attacks Pence and said, Pence has said that he wants to put Roe versus Wade on the ash heap of history. And he said something, he said five times that Trump and Pence want to punish women. That was obviously, a, you know, something that pulled well with probably humans. Um, and again, Pence said, no, no, we never said that. And cue the video of Donald Trump saying, you know, in the interview, well, if these women break the law and they have partial abortions or they have abortions or something, should they be punished? He's like, well, they broke the law. Yeah, they have to be punished. There should be some punishment. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Unequivocally, he says this. So. Um, and at this point, um, Pence said, we would never pass legislation to punish women who made the heartbreaking choice to end the pregnancy. And I'm thinking, like, okay, this is the first time I can imagine a, a staunch evangelical pro-lifer using the, the euphemism, the heartbreaking choice to end the pregnancy. You know, they're all talking about killing babies and ripping them apart and the womb and all this. You know, they don't talk about ending a pregnancy. No. That's a very clean way to describe what they consider murder. Right. Exactly. I thought it was very interesting that Pence chose to use this kind of, this kind of clean, sterile language to describe something that I'm sure when he's talking to his fellow evangelicals, he would never describe it. I mean, am I wrong there? No, yeah, that was an interesting choice of words, yeah. Unique. I've never, I've never heard an evangelical pro-lifer say the choice to end the pregnancy. That's right. the terminology that they use when they describe abortion. Mm-hmm. So, but again, if, I, I think if these people, you know, if pro-lifers really believe that abortion is murder then why not punish the woman? Yeah, it's true. It's premeditated. It's first-degree murder by your own definition, right? You're planning it. You go to the doctor. You make the choice and all this stuff. Why in the world wouldn't you punish the person for murder? If a mother kills her newborn baby, she sure as hell gets, you know, rightly prosecuted for murder. So what's the difference? They want to punish the doctor. They don't want to punish the woman because they know that that doesn't play well in America and they'll lose the argument. Mm-hmm. So again, they kind of at the end they had this thing where they just again both proclaimed their this mutual respect for each other's religious beliefs and their you know principled stand on abortion. Uh, you know, Pence tried to get Kane to come over on that a little bit and go against Hillary. Kane didn't really take the bait too well, but at the same time he was not as he was not as you know. He was not as passionate about it as somebody who, you know, actually believed what they were advocating mm-hmm. in the policy. So 
but yeah, that's it's bringing us pretty close to the end. Yeah, I think we're um, getting near yeah. the end. It was it was just a depressing debate to watch. To be honest, it wasn't nearly as rollicking and uh, freewheeling as the uh, as the main stage debate that we had uh, before. Um, so it was, it was yeah. pretty disheartening. So. Well, another debate coming up next Sunday. Yeah, I was just thinking about that. that this is going to be interesting uh, with the uh, town hall style. I'm actually kind of looking forward to that. Yeah, I don't know. I don't really care for the town hall because it's not a real town hall. It's like yeah, they pre-select the people who pre-submit their questions. Who you know, I just don't. You know, it's it's all political theater. It's not a real town hall. Yeah, that's true. They, you know, I think they should have an actual town hall where they just let anybody come in and, you know, check them for weapons or whatever, make sure they're not totally on hand. But let them say whatever they want to say. If they want to, you know, if they want to come up and call Donald Trump a fascist to his face, if they want to say Hillary's a bitch on TV, let them do that. And you can see, you know, what people of America are really like. I think um, there's a quote attributed, I think, to Winston Churchill or something. And he said, like I said, he said, that the greatest argument against democracy is a five-minute conversation with a regular voter. <laughs> I'm paraphrasing, but, but yeah, I mean, like, if you actually had a town hall where you had these crazy... Uh, you just know some info warrior from. No, that's exactly where I was going. I was thinking this would be like a 9 11 truther going to come out of the uh, woodwork there if you have that happen. So. Yeah, and, and maybe they should because I mean, people need to see. Yeah, these are the people out there who are, you know, they're out there, they have a vote, they're affecting policy, and they're, you know, and they're getting their voice, you know. Mm-hmm. They're out there. Go on any internet forum, go on the comments section, on any article, and you'll see these maniacs. So to, to have this kind of clean, curated, uh, you know, quote unquote, town hall format where everybody, you know, reads their carefully worded, pre submitted, you know, pre approved questions that are really just an opportunity for the candidates to jump on their talking point and bang their talking point for a minute or two. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's infuriating. Yeah, I guess um, I guess you're right. <laughs> yeah, so, so don't get your hopes up, Bob. You Come on, like me. <laughs> oh, what was I thinking? Um, yeah. Well, uh, thanks for thanks for going through that. And I know it was a slog. Uh, this one was, but uh, I think uh, <laughs> curated uh, town hall ahead. So. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, one or two more things, and maybe we can edit these back in here somehow. But um, let's see. Uh, Pence also talking about abortion. He said, "Because a society can be judged by how it deals with its most vulnerable: the aged, the infirm, the disabled, and the unborn." I believe it with all my heart, and I couldn't be more proud to be standing with a pro-life candidate than Donald Trump. And I was like, whoa. <laughs> a society can be judged by how it deals with its most vulnerable. That was intended to mean, basically, the poor, the minority, you know, people on the outside of society. The aged, the aged. Like, the older people in America have the, what is it, the, uh, the AARP or whatever, the... I forget. They've got their own advocacy groups. They vote in greater numbers than younger people. They tend to, not universally, but they tend to have more wealth accumulated throughout their lives and be wealthier and more financially, uh, perhaps stable than younger generations. Um, so don't pretend that these are the 
necessarily the, the most vulnerable members of society. I mean, they're vulnerable in certain ways, but in certain ways they're not. Mm-hmm. Firm, I don't know what he means by that. I guess the sick or something. But, you know, he's not the one who's for universal health care, so whatever, he's not for them. Mm-hmm. The disabled, Donald Trump himself made fun of the, was it the New York Times uh, mm-hmm. uh, journalist who, with, the, uh, with the muscular disease? Mm-hmm. So, so you're defending a candidate by saying we can judge, uh, society can be judged by how it deals with its most vulnerable, and your own candidate made fun of the physical deformity of a disabled person. <laughs> <laughs> and, he also, and of course, the only thing you really want to talk about was the unborn. He says the unborn are vulnerable in the society, they're vulnerable citizens. And he says, and so on, and I couldn't be more proud to be standing with a pro life candidate like Donald Trump. Donald Trump wasn't pro-life his whole life. Like, in the 1990s, he was pro-choice, from what I remember. Mm-hmm. Is that, I, mean, I don't have the data in front of me, but is that not correct? That's, mm-hmm. No, it's true. Again, like... So, so basically, every single thing that Mike Pence said was just a half-truth, a lie, utterly hypocritical, or just at odds with reality in some major, major way. Uh, finally, he said, um, the question was asked, Governor... Governor Pence, how will you unify the country if you win? He says, well, thank you, Elaine, and thank you for a great discussion. And Tim Pence says, absolutely. And I uh, thank you, Senator. This is a very challenging time in uh, yada, yada, yada. Governor, how will you unify the country if you win? Well, thank you, Elaine, and thank, thanks for a great discussion. Absolutely. Tonight. Thank you, Senator. Continue. But when he, he's like, he got interrupted by Tim Kaine, even in his closing statement, where he's, you know, thanking her for a great discussion. And I noticed when he thanked Tim Kaine, it sounded more like, it sounded more like, fuck you, Senator, than thank you, Senator. He was not happy to be interrupted. Again. His tone and his demeanor was very dour. <laughs> he was, it was not a thank you. Yeah. So that was kind of the, you know, the closing, I think. Yeah, I picked on the, up on that as well. Yeah. <laughs> that, was, that was pretty funny. But... Yeah, yeah. Anyways, anyways, I think that's 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 about all I've got, honestly. It's, it's yeah. a long debate, but and I, you know, I was able to take a lot of notes again. I hope I can continue to do that next Monday when we watch the Sunday debate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Anyway, sorry, I, sorry, I talked a lot and uh, <laughs> and was kind of down about the whole thing, but it's it's been a tiring week, a tiring day, and. The debate was maddening. Yeah, it was definitely maddening. Well, uh, thanks, thanks for doing all that work uh, for us, and uh, we'll definitely be back for the next uh, for the next town hall here. And uh, this, this this election season will end one day, I think. So it will it'll happen. Um, yeah. But, hey, Congress is coming up in two years. Oh God, no. <laughs> <laughs> Should be interesting. But anyways, well, um, yeah, well, I hope all of your listeners are having a great time wherever they are, uh, getting registered to vote in their respective state, and uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, by the way, also I noticed today that the Atlantic, <clears throat> the Atlantic Monthly Magazine has endorsed Hillary Clinton, mm-hmm. which is apparently the only the sec- uh, third time in their history that they've endorsed a candidate. The yeah, first time was uh, was Abraham Lincoln. The second time was uh, LBJ. 
and this time it's uh, Hillary Clinton. And in their in their endorsement, they noted that there are a lot of things that recommend support for Hillary Clinton, and there are also a lot of things that are quite maddening about Hillary Clinton. So they, they acknowledge that she's not a perfect candidate, but really what they're endorsing is not Donald Trump. Yeah. Well, I read that too, and I thought it was interesting that they drew the parallel with the last time that they endorsed, which was uh, for Johnson, uh, and they were like, it's not because we think Johnson's so great, it's that Barry Goldwater is a crazy person, and he's enabling all these racists in the South, so we can't let this happen. <laughs> yeah, I, I, think it's, I think it's very interesting and very telling that in all three cases where the Atlantic has endorsed a candidate, it was largely to to a great degree anyways over uh, over opposing candidates or it was it was about racial issues in America mm-hmm. right right I think that's I think that's kind of the they they talked about nuclear weapons they talked about he doesn't read they talked about he's a megalomaniac they talked about a lot of things but I think in each case it comes down to basically this thing they also said that basically any of the other sixteen Republican candidates they would not necessarily be endorsing anybody against them, but they said that right. Donald Trump is obviously a special case. So yeah, obviously. I, I just wanted to note that. I think that's a very historic thing. I, mm-hmm. I like the Atlantic. I read their articles, mm-hmm. at least. Um, yeah, so a lot of respect for that magazine. And uh, I don't know. I don't know. That's If anything is going to bring me to, you know, to come around to Hillary, I mean, this, this this endorsement is a it's a big endorsement. I think, and yeah. I think the fact that they acknowledge that she's they didn't try to sugarcoat the fact that she is not a flawed candidate or that she is a flawed candidate. But they said, you know, it's just a matter of we can't have this guy as president, and that's that's really the only thing that matters. And mm-hmm. that's uh, that's that's an endorsement that I'm going to have to really roll around with in my head and just kind of you know wrestle with because that's a yeah, and it, and it may bring me around on this, but. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyways, I, I just wanted to briefly note that as well before we wrap up. So, cool. anyways, yeah. All right. Well, uh, I'll talk to you soon, man. All right. Have a good Have a good night there, bud. Have a good day there, bud. Yeah. I'll talk to you soon. Yeah, bye. bye. bye.